And that's it. Here we are. And We're again, on. Once again, the start. The, the start. The, the awkward start. I don't think it's awkward. It's I just not. Think it's, it's just kind of abrupt. Chris stares at me because, like, there's this moment of, like, we don't know if it's recording or not. And so we run a really – we run quite a, as they would say, a tight ship here. <laughs> I don't think anyone could accuse us of having a tight ship. I must take one of those unpleasant photographs uh, of you today. Oh, yes. Like the one you took of me the other day to demonstrate why it is that we're not on camera. <laughs> And and long may it remain that way, (laughs) may I say. We did, like people who've listened from the start will remember, we did try to film one several episodes back and we were so self-conscious we like froze up. Couldn't even speak. (laughs) I was looking in weird directions. I was just (laughs) looking at myself being like, is that what I look like when I do this? Oh, man. Actually, there's this new facility. um, Well, I'm going to say it. My psychologist, I have Zoom meetings with her Mm -hmm. and she she just, the first thing she tells me to do is, okay, press this button and then this one and it makes me disappear entirely so that I'm... (laughs) She's like, oh no, I don't want to be looking at that. No, she can look at me, but I can only look at her. You oh, know how uncomfortable it is yeah. when you've got your your own little face looking at you mm-hmm. for anything, yeah. especially talking about important stuff. So yeah, I do love the facility of getting rid of your face uh, mm. when you're looking at the screen. Just generally, or like if you're in like back in the days of like Zoom meetings, it'd be like eight faces on the screen it's just so distracting yeah like, i would just look at my own and be oh like my that's god remember those zoom gigs online do you remember early days of by the way you're listening to chris and oh sarah god, wear the, the pants, pants. Very involved. Like, we got into it before we started. Would we describe it as a cold open? Yeah, I don't know what it was. Was it a lukewarm open? Loose. Loose open. It was a loose um, off. I just remember that oh, – I'm going to come off like an idiot here, but, like, I just remember there was those early days where all the comedians were like, we need to support each other through this. Let's have weekly workshop Zooms. Yep. And I'm like, I can't imagine anything worse <laughs> than workshopping material on Zoom with – People I don't know. Yeah. You know what? I did enjoy those online gigs, though. I mm. used to run one. You did? Yeah, and I enjoyed it. They I- paid really well. The- <laughs> I did so many, like, Zoom corporates, and you would literally, like, just do them, close your computer, and be like, well, that's that's yeah, my work done bye. for the day. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I didn't get any that paid well. I just did the open mm. mic stuff and... It was um, it was fun to have a little audience there and feel connected and stuff. Mm. It's funny, um, isn't it weird? This is two episodes now. We've had a little moment of reminiscing about COVID. Mm. <laughs> I my f- favorite Zoom related thing of COVID was yourself, Heggy, and me workshopping material. Yep, I loved that. that I just thought that was so fun. fun in a small group. I think it's yeah, really really yep. good. Yep, you got to pick your pick your punters to work with, don't absolutely, you? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful day here. It is. Uh, I'm wearing I've, a dress. Chris is wearing a cardigan. It's business as usual. Tracky decks. Mm-hmm. That's where it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to jump into a pants moment because um, I thought it would be hard to think of one. But I, I've been adminning myself into oblivion. Oh. I've been organising the bajazzus out of my life. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I'm feeling quite adult. Great. What kind it, of admin are we talking? Uh, you know, just sort of um, – Booking things. Yeah, booking mm-hmm. things, uh, you know, tying off loose ends, doing things with services, you know. Oh, God, I've got the – Gas, long- electricity, NBN, that type of thing. I've got the longest list of, like, admin to do, and I've told myself I have to take, like, three days to do it. it would, I could mm. do it all in an afternoon. Yep. But, yep. like, things like getting a new passport. Oh. That, like, there's a few steps involved. Oh, yes, there are. Yeah. God, it's satisfying when you get a new passport, mm. though. You know that that job's done for at least five to ten years, depending on what yeah. you chose. No, I'm um, I'm not looking forward to the picture element of it, though. Yeah. Yep. You know, because it's like that's oh, it for ten years. I know. My licence, um, the one before this one was even worse, but this one's bloody bad. Is it? Yeah. Does it look like the I look hungover. Does it look like the bodies were found in your trunk kind of thing? (laughs) I always look like I always look like a really edgy female serial killer. I think I that's what I look like. And Mm -hmm. I look seedy and untrustworthy. And then when you when that picture pops up in the news, people are like, Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I look like that woman from Monster or whatever that Charlize Theron played. That she ugged up for, that she literally wore fake teeth and fake skin. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I look like her. I just had a glimpse of it in my mind's eye and that's exactly what it was. I don't know why. um, I don't know what I did, but 10 years ago when I got my last passport, 
I look orange. <laughs> I think I really remember that era when we'd all wear that really thick foundation. Yeah. I was then. And I'm like, yeah. and, and really thick eyeliner. I don't know what I was doing. Yeah, I was okay. just like, I look like a drug smuggler. Yeah, <laughs> like in that picture. How mm. much. Uh, and that wasn't for any other reason than the really, the way, the seediness of that picture. Right. Like I've got. I've like really thickly outlined my, like it was back when I used to not know how to do makeup. So I have really thick outline. I think I just went really heavy because I'm like, this will look really good. And then yep. it came out and I looked dead behind the eyes. Oof. Mm. But yeah. like still very foundationed. I've gone through so many phases for makeup. Mm. So many, you mm. know, and I have a lot of eyeshadow colors. You do. That's, oh, I think mm. too many. I, Honestly, I, I have too much of a lot of things, it seems. But, yeah, makeup phases, like the thick foundation, the heavy eye stuff. Um, yeah, the, like the grey smoky eyes grey and you kind eye. of like look back on it and you're like, that did nothing. I look like a raccoon, yeah, you know. Exactly. Um, and I've never been a bold lip girl because I have no lips. Um, my dad is virtually a Muppet. Um, <laughs> he's <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I only have one dad. Uh, no, which Muppet? Yeah. <laughs> um, any of them, they, if you look at them up, except for the woman that was the drummer with the big lips, yep. most and Miss Piggy, most of the blokes, no lips. See, Miss Piggy is my reference. So yeah. And it's just, yeah, no, so not the chick Muppets. Uh, <laughs> oh, they just, it literally goes from like face to mouth. Yeah. yeah. Yep, that's mm-hmm. it. Okay. So no, there's no lip. Um, I, I mean, I would argue that you have a, have lips. I, they're very small, mm. Sarah, and I've been told by other women. Now, isn't this an interesting what? thing? Yeah, no. What did they Hold say? up. So my mate, um, I have a lovely mate that my first ever friend in comedy, Edwina, mm-hmm. she told me once that I think it was her mother or someone at the shops said, oh, women with thin lips should never wear bold uh, bold um, lipstick. Oh, God. So that when she told me that, I went, no. oh, note to self. And and isn't it fun? I don't know. Do you ever have that where someone somewhere has said something about mm. what you should and shouldn't wear mm-hmm. and you, you sort of take it to heart? Yes, absolutely. But it makes no sense and you should give them no authority. Absolutely, yes. It, it's, do, you, mm. do you have one that comes to the top of your head? Um, I mean, in high school I remember blue and green should never be seen, but that's just a generic one. I don't one. know what that – I've never heard of that. That's a dumb as shit because blue and green look great together. I would argue they do. I can't think of one immediately, um, but I have like really large features – like quite like problematically theatrical features. So like um, I can't I, – it's hard to conceal what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, I'm, me too. Like if I'm bored, I just – I look, look bored. I look like I'm – Yeah. I want to kill everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like – Yeah. I um, – okay, I've got one. Mm. This is a tough one to mm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, I have very strong thighs, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Mm-hmm. And once – I was at a tea party with my mum and her sister, Annie Jewel. Like when you were a kid? No, I was um, probably mid-40s, mate. <laughs> Early 40s. <laughs> the tea it was an party, afternoon tea. The tea party thing made me feel like tea. It, I think yeah. it was for my mum's 70th okay. or something. Anyway, we were sitting at my, my, my godmother's house, actually, sitting around, and my Auntie Jewel called me over. And, and notoriously an uh, interesting person, my Auntie Jewel. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that there. Um, Interesting as in like colourful. Complicated. Colourful. Yeah, a little bit um, can be zesty I think is probably okay. a good descriptor. <laughs> okay. um, and she called me over and just said, oh, let me have a feel of this fabric uh, on your pants. And she felt the fabric and then she turned to everyone in the tea party and just went, Christine's always had very large thighs. In what fucking world <laughs> is that acceptable, Auntie Jill? <laughs> Did you say something like, oh, oh, and, oh thanks, uh, I'd forgotten about that. No, that's um, absolutely I do. Yep. Great. What? And she was just like, was she, did she look like a Hadid sister herself? <laughs> no, she was just like, um, these pants really suit you. And I was like, okay, great. In what? I, I know, people are strange. When, you know, especially of, when women comment on other women's uh-huh. bodies, I'm like, fuck off. Oh, my God. <clears throat> but that generation was raised to be like, Hate yourself. Don't mm. even look at yourself in the mirror. You know, mm. like truly the Catholic women well, of my mum's generation were taught, mm. do not look in the mirror. That's vanity. Mm. And also um, don't love yourself. Mm. Don't, literally don't love mm. your body. Putting on weight is the worst thing you can do. Yep. Yep. Don't love your body. Mm. And I, this is, it's, that's why, you know, you're the next generation along from me. Mm. And I reckon that's why you're further along the not self-hate 
road mm. than I am because I'm closer to the that generation. You're close to that end of the yeah. I am spectrum. Well, that's so interesting. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's horrendous. It's horrendous, isn't it? It's horrendous, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. New merch just dropped. Oh, actually, yes, please. <laughs> and possibly with someone pinching my pants going, Christine's always had very nice thighs. <laughs> Complicated Chris, merch. Chris and Sarah wear the pants even though they have huge thighs. <laughs> Chris, yeah. Chris has to wear the right type of pants. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. You know, does any boy ever I, – I wonder if men and boys get told you look shocking in that, don't wear it. No. You know, your told, body doesn't look right. They get told right. they're very special, handsome boys. I think they do get – Auntie Jill, for any man in that party, would be like <laughs> – sorry if she's listening, probably not. Um, but uh, they'd, she'd be like, oh, you're a very handsome boy. There was a lot of handsome boy thrown around, a good-looking man. What a gorgeous mm. creature, that mm-hmm. kind of activity. Not my vibe. Mm. I know, it's, it's like, not your vibe. It's like he's fine, Auntie Jill. He's a man <laughs> and he has hair. Like, don't let it deceive you. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I love that attitude. I, I That is to I'm me – I'm so unimpressed by men. That's so – like rebellious to me do you know what really? i mean yes mm. it is like the idea of saying that to an auntie fuck me i could never have done it well i don't really like oh my extended family's really overseas so uh, i never i was um wasn't really a family family gathering together so. i didn't have an auntie jill yeah see i wonder how you would have gone yeah how you would go now Oh, I think it takes a while to unlearn things like that. It does. Like right? I don't think if I was like fifteen, I remember being fifteen and like being fat was the worst thing you could be. Oh, totally. Yeah. I remember being about maybe thirteen, fourteen mm-hmm. at the at at gym. I went to gym three times a week. Gymnastics. Like as in yeah, gymnastics. Yeah. 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 Doing a back arch in warm up oh with God. everyone. So impressive. And Robin, this chain smoking coach. Um, <laughs> she was later found guilty of some sort of offences, wasn't she? They always are. Well, uh, not that I know of. Mm-hmm. Her daughter did gymnastics and was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, she was this gnarly, mean, hard coach. And I'll never forget what she said to me this day. I was mm-hmm. doing this back art. She goes, oh, so you do have ribs. <gasps> so, okay. <laughs> that's oh where, that's what we're working with. Oh, my God. Right. It's like literally. It's really hard not to hear that. It, it's awful. You know, to unhear that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but like she clearly like has died from emphysema or something. Well, she? she definitely was a skeleton. Yeah. With old skin. Now, I'm just being mean back. Dog in the trap, leg in the trap. Leg energy. in the trap. Leg in never, the trap. Exactly like what you said last time. I mean, time. she's still a cunt, but like leg yeah, in the trap for sure. There's something going on with her that's mm. not right. But I mean, the body shaming, but I guess that's what A Jim, kid. A kid. A kid. As well. But gym coach is fucking notorious. But for also, that why is that acceptable? Oh, she's just a gym coach. Who cares? It's. I know, you're mm. right. Yeah. But you know, it was the fucking 80s, Sarah. Mm. And. That was – no one gave a fuck about that. Yeah, if you went home and were like, I was body shamed. Oh, mom, yeah, totally. Your mum would be like, good. One of Yeah, I remember Annie Jill saying, oh, Chris, you're getting a bit pudgy. Um, and I was doing gym th- nine hours a week. Uh, you know, but so so this is where – It has literally like horrified me into silence. Right, I know. Sorry. But mm. I do feel like it's important you know this is my background. Mm. Like that's why it's so hard for me to – that's where I started with. mm Absolutely. So you do have ribs. That's literally vomit worthy. Right? Mm. So it takes a lot to unlearn that shit. Mm. But um, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. It's 2023. But I also feel like now people are just like into the whole gym thing and like Mm. this and that. And that's just got its whole own set of problems, you know? True. It's like I can deadlift and this and that. Strong is the new sex. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But it's still a beauty standard that everyone has to live up to or else you're wrong. Yeah. Absolutely. You can't just be... Getting about having a little walk now and then. Yeah, a little you walky, have to be like, a little cakey. Yeah. No, you can't. That's not good enough. We've got to mm. be better, you know. Mm. Oh, exactly. Fuck, I'm sorry I didn't get a cakey today. No, that's fine. Ugh, it's really not fine, actually. It's toxic. Yesterday's cakey was so good that it will, like, I think it will propel me through, Live. like, several days. Good, okay. But I'm cake-iness. getting one next time I okay. am. Right. Like, probably the carrot cake. <gasps> yeah, I love carrot I cake. I want to get the carrot cake. It's so good. I want it now. Anyway. I mean, you could run off to the shops and I could entertain them while <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just talk to the, talk to the crew, yeah. uh, the pants brigade, the pants brigade. I think it's is I it forgot, story time, or do you? Yeah, to... I'm just like that. Wasn't a, we, we haven't even started? I know we yet, haven't have started. We? Oh, I just wanted to say, um, back in my um my my section that I keep forcing that I don't think anyone else is into. It's, <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to tell us about a sad fucking book? Yes. Oh! 
<laughs> Sarah's sad book segment. One day I'm going to read a happy book and you're going to be like, no. It's, <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh, but they died. I'll be like, who are you? <laughs> um, it's called Limber Lost. Oh, Mum recommended it to me. It is so good. It's Australian. It's set in Tasmania. It's by an author called Robbie Arnott. And it's set in an apple orchard uh, in Tasmania. And it's just one of the most beautiful books I've read. I stayed up to like 1am last night reading it. Um, And it's just so beautifully written. It's about a, uh, this boy Ned and a summer that he spends in his childhood and the repercussions that summer has it's not like a tragedy it's just very it's so Australian oh nice um, and it's just a beautiful book so I highly recommend uh, Limber Lost and if you have any book recommendations for us and by us I mean me um, <laughs> please send them in I'm just using this as a side hustle to try and get book recommendations it's like your own little book club Sarah. it is I'm trying really hard no I like it I support the concept I just have no I did try and read last night you'll be proud to know. Oh, what did you read? Um, I've, I've had this book from Vinnie's for ages, one of my favourite authors. Is it the Dancing with Cats book? Uh, no, mm. I've read that Okay, because um, it was short enough. Can I just put this down and go and get the book? Sure. Or is that bad yeah, vibes? I'll chat to them. We appreciate your time and we'll be back with you as soon as we can. Okay, back. It's my. I've talked about this. I'm sure Lionel Shriver. She's one of my favourite authors. Oh yes, yeah. It's called the motion of the body through space, and it's a story about an old couple that have been together for a million billion years. The woman was a marathon runner her whole life or a really long-distance runner, loved mm-hmm. running, just used to run all the time. Mm-hmm. Husband never did anything. But then in retirement, husband decides to take up running and wants to run a marathon mm-hmm. whilst she's been sort of diagnosed with arthrit- arthritic knees and can't do anything. Wow. And she's really cut at him and being a bitch to him. <laughs> <laughs> I love so- your summary of the book. <laughs> I'm just like, it's a beautiful town. You're just like, nah, she's been a massive bitch. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, uh, and that was the motion of the body through space. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, is that, you own that? Like, yeah. That, I got that from the, sh- from like Vinny's. It's mine, babe. I'll give it to you after. Okay. Great. If I ever finish it. Okay. Great. Mm. I'm excited. Hit us. What do you got? Okay. I'm back to my usual bullshit with uh, some rage bait and some research. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, I actually... I went through, because I looked at this and I was just like, I feel like we've talked about this sort of stuff before, but I went through our other episodes and we actually haven't. So, you know, great. Make of that what you will. So this is from the Australian Star. Friday, 24th of August, 1900, baby. Oh, wow. This is an article called Sex and Salary. Oh, my God. Mm. (laughs) We're back. No silly jokes this week. Okay, here we go. And you're on. In these days of political equality between the sexes, the question asked in the Assembly by the member of Ralston concerning the disparity in the respective salaries paid to male and female teachers in our public schools is very pertinent and proper subject for parliamentary ventilation. By some superstitious supposition inherited with other old world traditions, women who are in every respect the equal of men in their attainments and duties are in Australia relegated to an inferior position in the matter of remuneration. remuneration. As this venerable injustice obtains in private employment, it is not surprising that it should find recognition in the service of the state. But with the breaking down of the barriers which have co-signed the fair sex to external political darkness, in the past it is but reasonable to suppose that we shall have to solve this as well as other problems. It would be a thankless task to compare the work of the sexes, nor is it necessary in the question submitted to Parliament and which has been referred to the Public Service Board. The facts simply show that female teachers, possessing qualifications equal to and performing duties as responsible as those of males, are remunerated at a rate ranging up to 33% less than paid to male teachers. We may be told that the female teacher can afford to live in a less luxurious fashion than the male, but that is beside the question, which is whether the one is performing duties as valuable to the state as the other. There may be potent arguments in favour of handicapping the woman with a smaller salary than a man in the battle of life. But if so, they have not hitherto been made generally known. It will be said, of course, that men with families should receive larger salaries than a single woman. But here again, we are face to face with the fact that no man is paid according to the number of dependents who look to him for support, and that moreover, a woman is often the sole support of a household. 
Sooner or later, Parliament should carefully weigh this seeming anomaly. A great opportunity presents itself for a movement more important in its consequences than that of adult franchise. The legislator should not let it pass. Oh, my God. Mm. Same bullshit 130 years ago. Oh, wow. Mm. I can't believe they were even talking about it back then. Yeah. I was very taken with I wanted to know, and I have some research, but I wanted to know what you think of the idea. I also love the phrase of um, uh, barriers which have co-signed the fair sex to external political darkness. Like women have been completely excluded from the political process entirely. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind, this is 1900. Um uh, the supposition that, if that's the right word, uh, that um, uh, single women should get paid less than yeah, men with families—I was really, family. I was very taken with that. I mean, <clears throat> back then, mm. of course they thought that. Yeah, of course they did. Mm. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine that they even considered they had to talk about it. Like it would have been a given. Well, it's like the non-stop stories that crop up every Christmas. Uh, in workplaces when it comes to taking time off. Mm. It's like, oh, well, I have a family, so I'm entitled to time off. It's like we all have families. Mm. Mm. In, in Canberra, you know, there's a lot of Australian government, mm. like, stuff. Departments, right? Mm. <clears throat> and the Australian Public Service, is like, it's full, there's millions of hundreds of departments. Mm. Uh, and they all seem to have this, you know, given time off between Christmas and New Year. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and ostensibly that's for family time i suppose uh really good conditions in the public service mm, Fuck very them. much they really yeah. do care, care for mm. people's mental health and yeah. physical health and well, I think families i think the bar is just so low that we're just like oh they get some time off over christmas yeah. how humane yeah i know <laughs> um I, I uh I, I am surprised that in 1900 there was any was that a written by a woman uh it does not say ah. it doesn't say but <clears throat> I, I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you. Mm. Normally they were written by yeah. men or a matronly woman, but this one could have just been written by someone. Yeah. yeah, it was mm. a bit neutral. Um, mm. I guess uh, 1900, now Australia became a federation in 1901. 1901, yep. Um, gosh. Oh, you're looking to... for some facts? Don't worry, I got you. You got me, yeah. yeah. So in 1900, <laughs> oh, this is the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Yep. Um, uh, I was like, what was the deal with school back then? Because I wouldn't even know what a school yeah. looked like. For the most important thing is, of course, the cane was like fully a thing. Oh, which is just to remind us all of that. Uh, secondary <laughs> schooling was a privilege offered to only a small minority of young people. Um, in 1910, the Commonwealth statistician said that the average boy or girl simply leaves the state school at the age of 14 or thereabouts, and the state apparently no longer concerns itself with them. So they'd finish school oh, yeah. very early and go off and take a trade or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Um, a lot of kids would show up to school barefoot. Um, yep. like the idea of mass schooling was quite, was still newish. Mm. Um, and previously education had been a private thing afforded to those who could afford it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so still, um, I, I think the education system was still very much working itself out. Um, so I'm amazed that this conversation, it was even happening at all. Totally. Mm. Totally. Uh, I really would love to have been a fly on the wall of those early feminist con- conversations mm. in someone's lounge room. It would have been when the husbands were away at exactly. work or whatever. Mm. And I would have loved to have heard the first mm. woman outraged yep. about something and, and someone else actually going, oh, my God, I never thought of that. Mm. I just – I never thought of that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, even today there are things that are raised in feminist discourse or whatever or, you know, mm. in modern media – that I haven't thought of mm. as being unjust until it's pointed out to me. I mean, oh, totally, yeah, totally. Um, I just wanted to jump forward 123 years mm. to today. Um, so just for context, um, it's obviously all solved, um, and there's Great. no problems anymore. So, um, thanks so much. Great, um, Great story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, women make up 62.6% of education and training employees, which wasn't a big surprise right. to me. Um, uh, but the gender pay back, gender pay gap is one of the lowest. It's still nine point three percent. So men, st- men, t- male teachers still get paid oh. a reasonable amount more than female teachers, and female teachers tend to be concentrated in lower level and part time roles, which right. is possibly um, one of the explanations for that. But the current gender pay back, gender pay gap across all industries in Australia is twenty two point eight. Oh man! So teaching is quite low compared yeah. to the others, um, but that is still um, 
uh, a thing. Do you remember your primary school teachers? Did you have any – this was what I was yes. going to ask. Did you have any horror shows or any absolute favourites? I had a really – I had a good run, you know, because mm. I was in, in international school mm. for most of it and I was <clears throat> in North Carolina for one year of it for first grade and I wow. had Mrs Jones and I remember her fondly. Oh. Yeah, I remember her very well. Short hair, always wore slacks. Yep. Um, just a tough-looking bird. But and was she super nice? She was super nice to mm. me because she knew I was just in for a year and I didn't know anyone and I mm. had a weird accent. Mm. Um, in India, when I was at the international school, I loved my teachers. There mm. was not a shit one among them. They were all just... Well, is it, so is that like a fancy school? Well, I guess an international school has but Did you pay a lot of money teachers. to go there? Well, I, can't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I have no reference for what I don't international know what, school I is. actually don't know because mm. I never sent my kids to an international school. Mm. But you you go to school with kids from all around the world mm. because their parents work in that community mm. and want their kids to have an education that can then transport back to mm. home countries or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is an accepted, you know, mm-hmm. um, measure uh, of, of education internationally. Mm. So that's the reason you do it. Mm. Um, and so you – and the thing too is they're usually very small schools, mm-hmm. so you actually get you hang out with people in other grades. Yeah. So not only are you talking to people, hanging out with mates That's that are a big deal, from different countries, speaking different languages mm. at home, eating different food, mm. but they are also different ages, and you sort of it's like this weird cult. <laughs> I kind of love that. I think it that's, was brilliant. That would be so, such an interesting way to learn. It was. Mm. I, I remember playing British Bulldog, like this chasing game, and and you know all sorts of games mm. at lunch. All everyone from. You know, kindy, well, you know, first grade all the way up to like year seven. That sounds idyllic. I loved it. And that's primary school. What about high school? High school, I was at Canberra High in Canberra, public Mm. school. And there were probably a few key teachers that I loved. Mm. Um, Mrs. Langford was a science teacher. I didn't like science, but I liked her. She was my next door neighbor as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Very small town. It was, mm. you know, it's that kind mm. of vibe. It's always nice when you know one of the teachers. Have you ever had that situation? Yeah, yeah. Like from somewhere outside well, of the school? I went to primary school and half of high school in a small country town. Oh, where was this? Musselbrook. Musselbrook, yeah. yeah. Um, so I went to um, Mussy Public and then I went to school in Scone and then I went off to – was shipped off to boarding school, which I loved. Mm. Um, but primary school, I remember, like, because um, I was very into um, – uh, a reading mum always tells the story that I rocked up to kindergarten and I could read like I was just reading books because my older brother learned how to read and I was like I want to do that that looks sick um and so we went to primary school and the teacher was my the, my actually funnily enough the worst teacher I had was kindergarten like as in she just like wasn't super nice um but we rocked up and mum's just like oh just so you know Sarah can read and she's like that's ridiculous no one can read <laughs> mum's like she can read oh boy can she read yeah and then, she won't stop reading yeah and then halfway through the year the teacher called mum in and was like did you know Sarah can read oh mum's like oh god <laughs> but then from there it primary it was a public primary school I loved all my teachers yeah. and they just like um you know they were super lovely I had um I, I could probably almost remember all their names, but like you know, I was always put in like the composite classes and only just given my own stuff to do. Yeah, um, which was heaps of fun. Yeah, yeah, nice. And then my my most influential teacher was actually at um, the school I went to in Sydney, and she was my legal studies teacher, and I loved her so much. Um, she's the reason I studied law. She's right. just so great. Um, and then she was sort of, she sort of left the school quite abruptly and I just burst into tears the day she left. Uh, and I kept in touch with her, um, and then sort of lost touch and I, I'm I really wish I didn't. Um, but I remember the last time I heard from her was the day Obama got elected for the oh, first wow. time because we'd always talk about, you know, po- like yeah. not politics but like, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then she messaged me and she was just like, we're so lucky to be alive to see this. Oh. And I remember it so vividly. What a lovely mm. – that's a goosebumps moment. That yeah. Is. That's really sweet. Yeah, her name's Miss Faye. Oh, and I was out. And she got a – we had a replacement teacher who was a lawyer who was also trained to be a teacher and I was just really horrible to her because I just <laughs> – she wasn't Miss yeah, Faye. Yeah, because she wasn't Miss <laughs> Faye. It was fine. Like I got a really good mark at everything, oh. but I just, you know, when you look back and you're like, oh, so stupid. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you're a kid. Yeah. I, I have to say there's 
my best friend when I was growing up in India mm. across the road, Claire Patterson, her parents were both teachers. Mm. So Mrs. Patterson. Um, <laughs> I just love that we're dropping full names. I have to. Um, so <laughs> Neil and Kay. Um, <laughs> Neil was the principal. Oh, wow. And, and when I left. Of your school. Yeah, in, mm. in Hyderabad. And when I left India, he wrote this like overall summary kind of report just to give to whatever school I was going mm. to in Australia. And I found that a few years ago because I was going through some old papers and I took mm. a photo of it, put it on Insta. I can't remember. I won't, I won't be able to find it now. But the quote was basically, you know, Christine is a a loving uh, girl who loves the stage, um, is quick to laugh or something like that and needs to be kept in a constant state of stimulation. <laughs> And I'm like, same, babe, still <laughs> preach. You know, yeah. I actually saw them last year when I went to England oh, and I saw amazing. Claire as well. Yeah, it was the best. Mm. Um, it is lovely knowing I someone. love that. I just love that if you looked at that now, you would just get sent to a child psychologist. Yeah, well, you know I'd get mean? ADHD. Yeah, like with no question. Yeah, mm. instead of waiting till I was 50. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it done. I got it you, done. You got it done. Very proud of you for that. Um, needs a constant state of stimulation. No, I was always a pleasure to have in class. That okay. was always my like thing. I was chatty and a bit of fun. Nice, a little bit of spice. Yeah, um, yeah. Fuck. Well, that was a great um, article demonstrating the injustice that happens to women throughout history. Yeah, absolutely. On, on the gen- and, you know, gender think, pay gap. I think this, as a single woman, I'm happy to be paid less than my male counterparts. Yes, if they, they have a family, you know. Yeah, um, stump up for him. You know, God knows he Yeah, and I'll it. work right through Christmas. I don't have a family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who cares mm. what you're up to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you. Fucking ridiculous. All right, we'll take a quick quick break. A quick break. And I'll come back with my story. Absolutely. All right. Righto. So we- this article today is... Should be close to our hearts here because mm-hmm. we're writers, aren't we? Uh, yeah. In yep. the heart of things, I believe we're writers. Mm-hmm. This is from the Australian Women's Mirror, one of my faves actually. I love do, the mirror. I do love the Big mirror. Fan. Uh, Wednesday, Feb 22, 1950. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, okay, this is about a mirror reader who writes uh, and the title of this story is Collecting Editor Scalps. Hmm. <laughs> like I know. It's in heads. I know. It's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> I love um, it. Inspiration of the title came to me when a veteran writer for The Mirror, she began in 1925 and figured in our Jubilee issue, waved at me a check from a new magazine, my 33rd editorial scalp, she said. I read the other day about a would-be writer who collected editors' rejection slips. I collect editors' acceptances. As soon as this mag appeared, I shot in a story, accepted. That means I've now written articles, pars, vignettes or verse for 31 Australasian papers and short stories for 33. That's about every paper that does pay for copy. So that's a nice mm-hmm. um, thing in 1950 mm-hmm. to hear from a woman. Um, I've, no, I've no longer tried to induce Leonie Marston, one of her very many – pen names, not her real name, and I have one several times used in the mirror to let me offer her story for the readers who write series in the mirror. But for business, family and social reasons, she refuses. Only once has her name appeared, then on a piece ode at the end of World War I and because an editor forestalled her ban, whatever that means. In this article, I persuaded her to say how she's gone about her writing thousands of pars under over 50 pen names and her hundreds of short stories and feature articles for not fewer than 50 editors. I thought it might help others. It's quite interesting, don't Great. you? Great. So um, she's basically saying, here's how I get paid to write. Yeah. yeah. And so he's interviewed her and this is a quote from Leonie. I've always written for my own satisfaction and love of it, mm. says uh, Leonie Marston told me. I had other means, including a spouse, and I've always written for pay. No letters to the editor, no free contributions to cause papers, always for money. I feel that anything an editor accepts for nothing is being accepted at its only valuation. <laughs> yeah. Man. Get all the work you want for free, can't you? Mm. Um, if he pays, he really wants it, and in competition with other writers. It is, for Australasia, perhaps the world of letters, the only recognised accolade. 
The Annie Marston, no longer young, indeed a great-grand, having started very young in parenthood, as did her children, has been writing fact and fiction verse first for 45 years. That's a long career in writing for a very woman. Very long. Mm. To start, that's, I just think being a creative woman, a professional creative mm. woman at that age. And incredible. Incredible. Um, she supports the Mirror's uh, editor's oft-stated contention that creative writing is a gift – I've got a cough. <coughs> a knack, you can or you can't. If you have the knack or gift, the rest is practice, application, urge to improve, self-education, experience. Any person of unusual appearance, oh, I don't know what that's there for. Is it one of those articles that's a bit hard to read because I've transcribed bit. it? Yeah, but I've mm. done the text version. But Oh, great. <coughs> Excuse me. She always could put words on paper, make words spin or sing, write from childhood in England and practised in her school magazine. And we're back. I First ever coughing fit, we just said. Yeah, I just had a mm. coughing fit. I had to drink some water. How ludicrous. Mm. Where were we? Um, she's not ceased practising the gift-supported art, gift supported art for nearly 60 years. Where did she get her plots? Themes was one of my queries. Her answer was instant, out of the blue, always. An overheard snippet of conversation, an eccentric or mystifying action, a person of unusual uh, appearance, a news item, a talk with a policeman or lawyer, even a clergyman, a scene or a building that suggests background. Look out there. She led me onto the balcony of her flat high in a high building on one of the heights of, of the city. There's hardly one of those old buildings I've not built a story around. Mm -hmm. That place with the turret gave me the donjon room, the one with the big gates through a rusty gate, the squat mansion nocturne at Banged Went Warden, all, I think, in the mirror. This block of flats, 40 of them, about 90 inhabitants provide at least a dozen. The city's Bohemia is many. A sea voyage to North Queensland panned out three. A stay in a guest house in Victoria, four. The two great wars were rich in material, so was the Depression. Through my daughter's second um, daughter's a secondary school's old girls' association was good for several. Business life, its people, practices and reactions is a goldmine of fiction. So was the American occupation. By and large, there can hardly be one happening of note to myself, my children and my grandchildren, to my acquaintances, that I've not turned into script and cash. It's, I love that. Uh, right? what a, is that that's not the end? There's more, but um, how relatable is that for a comedian or writer? That's so great! What a it's great, lovely. succinct way of putting it. Yeah, and mm. you can just imagine. Wait, what was that last phrase again? Um, there's hardly been one happening of note to myself, my children, my grandchildren, acquaintances that I've not turned into script and cash. Script and cash, right? Love script that. and cash, script baby. And cash. You can almost see her doing that. Show me the, the money. Kind yeah, of I love money that. out. Um, her method, Leonie Marston told me, was never to be without a pencil and memo pad at hand. This is kind of good advice if you ever want to get creative mm. and write your memoirs or yeah. a story. Um, in every handbag, in the pocket, if any, of every suit or dress, by her bed, on the table. The moment a usable thought came to her, day or night, she dotted down a keyword or phrase and a few pointers for treatment. Verse, she said, I may build from a single line that goes trippingly, whether heard or only thought. A plot is similarly born and developed. With regards to technique, she said her method was to chew and chew over the, th the thought she proposed to transfer to paper, chewing until the thought fell into words, phrases and sequences, not necessarily into the final complete sequences or even I am never without a pencil in, in order sequences, but into takes as in screenplay production. These chewed over thought sequences she, as occasion offered, turned into words that were often without need of revision, written on a standard sized MS slips. And then she just, um, yeah, so uh, I think I'll finish on what she finishes on. Um, uh, I've always written for pay. Um, she made it a rule not to submit a second item until its predecessor had been published. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. 
you don't. I um, love that. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to work. You know. Don't believe the stuff about genius dashing this or that off an emanation of ego beyond personal control. That certainly earns rejection slips. I don't pretend I do not use freely the the, the, the Roger's thesaurus, a good dictionary, a rhymer's lexicon. I'm a tradesman out to sell, not a genius tilting at windmills. Oh, what a great right? article! Fucking so much in there. There, you you know today's um creative books on self-help you know how to write how to not mm. you know use your creative self say the same shit yeah not exactly. as well yeah <laughs> you know? not, definitely not as well yeah also obviously the uh equivalent of the paper and pen is the notes section in your phone and i've got some mm-hmm. absolutely indecipherable notes oh, in there do you want to go through a couple yeah let's do it let's do it i've We're- got some utterly indecipherable notes mm-hmm. um let's yeah let's see what we've got so um for people who are not uh, not themselves uh, uh, writers or, or comedians, if uh, if we hear something funny or think of an idea or whatever, we'll just jot it down. Uh, unfortunately for me, a lot of the time without much detail, and I'm just like, oh, I'll know what that means. Totally. Mm. Um. Righto. Oh, okay. I've got a. Got a couple here. These actually make a bit of sense. Oh, here's one that doesn't. Tesla logos on my eyes. Tesla logos on your eyes. Yeah, I, I don't know what that means. Uh, I've got windings and comic sans. Okay, because they're funny sounding fonts. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I imagine you were writing about fonts. Mm, and that's all I wrote. That's good. Okay, I've got a weird, weird little thing. Mm. It's always impoverished friends that write long tracts of advice and life lessons in Facebook, I find. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Or it's people um, who uh, – this is now a workshop. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Or it's people who um, uh, achieve one thing and they're like, well, when you get here, yeah. you'll know. It's kind yeah. of like you're just at the beginning, mate. I know. Oh, like, you know, I mean celebrate the wins but, like, you can't be dishing out advice. It's embarrassing. Um, oh, man. I uh, – so many products to fix problems. I can't even choose a new phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, jobs go when more gets – oh, yeah. People get cross when jobs go, you know, because more things are getting automated. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, good, they, they would have been shit jobs. Surely people are happy not to be doing them anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Data is more useful over long periods. No, that's boring. Um, I also have heaps of lists of um, groceries, cheese, pasta, canned tomatoes. Um, wow. So much not interesting. Oh, I've got one here that I think we wrote together. Oh, yeah, go on. Men have a tantrum and um, tie themselves out, then have a nap and say that was weird. Oh, fuck yeah. That's good. <laughs> that's good. I, don't, I don't know if that's just men, though. I do that. That's funny. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to um, – I really liked how she was like, um, I don't give them another article until the first one's been published. Yeah. It's just like they can fucking take it. catch up. Also, I was going to ask, she said she doesn't do unpaid work. What do you think about paid and unpaid comedy (laughs) rooms? That's a whole fucking. I'm pretty sure I've banged on and whinged about that. Mm. You know, our whole lives is unpaid. Our whole life is unpaid virtually. Yeah. I think that um, my problem with it, and I've got really good at doing this now, uh, is, you know, it's so great to be in a position where, like, you know, we're getting gigs and shows and whatnot. Um, but I would turn down a show if the pay isn't enough. Mm. I have no problem doing that and saying that that's why. I'm just like, it's not for me. Thank you. Oh, I love that energy. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I'm not going to drive to somewhere obscure. No unpack my gear, like perform a set, pack up my gear, leave for like 50 bucks. No. I'm, just, I'm not going to do that. Or not even fucking 200. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But also I, I have such a problem with unpaid rooms that charge mm. for tickets. Charge for tickets but don't pay the act. Charge for tickets. I'm like if you were charging for, for the tickets, you can pay the acts. Mm. It's interesting though because – Having been a room runner mm. in Canberra, mm. um, I used to charge entry and I would pay the headliner and the MC. Yeah. I used to do that when I mm. ran a room as well. Um, the idea was I think people could do new material. Yeah. Because you've kind of got to – if you do, if I'm doing a, an unpaid show, it'll be to try new material because yeah. it doesn't matter. Like it's if you're, not, if you're not getting paid, you can try stuff and it might not work. It might work. Mm. Like also obviously open mics are unpaid and that's, that's great. Like they're a different thing though. 
Yeah, no, I had a performance room, but not everyone that performed got paid because otherwise I would have had no motivation to actually run the room because mm. I wouldn't have had any money in it at all. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're paying the professional comedians and then using mm. the, the people the locals who still, to get Yeah, the locals time. or people who are still looking for stage yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because everyone's getting something out of it. Yeah. But if someone approached you, Chris Ryan, and was like, hey, can you headline my show in Kangaroo Valley for 50 bucks? I'd be like, hey, thanks heaps. I love Kangaroo Valley. No, thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Like, yeah, I think um, I'll, I'll do an unpaid show if, if I'm doing new material. Because, like, and and figuring it out, because you've got to figure out stuff on stage eventually, even though it's a terrifying thing to do. I think in the early days, I got asked to do a lot of charity gigs. Oh, yeah. And I did them and happily. Paid or not Um, paid? Unpaid. Mm. And now I just do one charity gig that's unpaid a year. Oh. Chosen my charity. Oh, great. And it makes me feel good because I don't feel bad saying no to other ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to do Mm. it. Because I, mate, Got to pay bills, don't you? Exactly right. And also, like, the um, the woman in the article was saying... Um, it's the value. It's the value, yeah. Of, if you value your comedy at zero dollars, uh-huh. that's what it's worth. That's what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A lot of parallels there. So many. Mm. And I really liked, you know, like, because I really am quite fascinated by creative people, mm. be they painters or writers mm. or, what, or dancers or anything. Mm. Um, the way she described... What inspires? What she has been inspired to write about, like yeah. the buildings, things all. I like looking at a building that. and yeah. thinking about a whole story. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. I love that. I I wish that inspiration came to me for comedy that easily. Me too. Or not that easily, but like you know, I, yeah. maybe it's only in retrospect it sounds easy. You know, like if you now talked about the the shows you've written. Mm. You could easily say it and it would sound like you did that so easily, right, because mm. it's done. Yeah. Everything's easy so, once you've fucking done it. You're so right. But also like <laughs> what you were saying about chewing over stuff, I'm just yeah. like we do that. Because like a lot of the stuff that I write, it just straight up doesn't work at first and then you're like mm. – yeah, what is it? Yeah, I don't what know what is it is in there. And then you try it again and no one laughs and you're like, okay, well, that's not it. But <laughs> <laughs> I have abandoned stuff too quickly. You have? I have, yeah. Mm. I, I don't remember what specifically, but mm. I know I've abandoned jokes if I, if they got nothing on the first go. And I'm like, mm. oh, okay, obviously I'm an imbecile. But, um, you <laughs> oh, know. I'm going to quit comedy. But I do think you have to just keep plugging away. Yeah. And it takes patience. Is there like an? Do you reckon it's a unique to the arts thing, or is there? Is it like that in other industries? Like, because I feel like if you're an accountant, if you give something a crack and it doesn't work, you're just bad at your job. Yeah, true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like if you give a defence a go as a lawyer and it doesn't work, yeah, you your suck. client goes to jail. Then yeah. You just suck. You suck. Yeah. Um, I guess comedy. Fuck. I mean, you're meant to make people laugh. Isn't that what the mm. whole thing is? I'm at that stage of writing my next year's show where nothing I write is funny. I'm like, I'm going to need to make this funny at some point. Mm, that's At least you're writing. That's really mm. good. I had a really great tip. Speaking of writing, mm. um, on tour with the Sydney Comedy Festival this mm. weekend, um, a wonderful, funny Sydney comedian I've mentioned before, Jess Fuchs, mm. She was so good at suggesting a good way out of writer's block. Oh, yeah? She uses a random word generator mm. and just gives herself four minutes to write something on that word. Oh, great. I and love so that. So I started. I mm. did it. And I wrote for 15 minutes oh, on wow. the word despise. Great. I didn't get anything funny out of it, but I think there could be something there mm-hmm. eventually if that's I keep amazing. writing about it. Yeah. That's a really cool it idea. Is. I love that. And it was just to unplug that part of your brain that's judging your yeah. writing before you've even written it, all that mm. stuff. Because we do that. We limit ourselves when we judge our shit before. Oh, completely. I'm just like, yeah, that won't be funny and I haven't even finished writing the line yet. <laughs> yeah. Or you haven't even written it and you're just like, you're thinking about it. Yeah. No, don't write that. It's shit. <laughs> <laughs> But of course, it never is shit in the end. It always works oh, out. Oh, to well. be fair, sometimes it's shit. Nah, no, not really. Um, um, we might be at the end of it, I think. Do you reckon that's about the size of it? That's about the size of it. Uh, anything coming up that you're pumped about? What's going on? I'm excited about performing new material. Yeah, good. Because I go, I truly, as a, as a musical act, I go on yearly cycles. So I'm still like gigging with my material from this year. Mm. So I'm really excited to when September hits, transition over to the new gear. Yep. Um, but. The more I go along, the more I write material that isn't necessarily suitable for like a five-minute spot Yeah, because it works in the context of the hour that I'm writing, not necessarily. Isn't that good that you've got Mm. Fringe though, Sydney Fringe? Oh, so excited. Because you've got a good chunk of time there, Yeah, possibly more if I don't write anything. Um, (laughs) I'm doing an hour and a half. I'll just be an MC. (laughs) 
All right, please welcome your only act for this show. Oh, my God. No, I reckon, yeah, I'll just do some crowd work and then bring you on. (laughs) Yeah, no, just do 25 minutes of crowd work. (laughs) No, I'll have stuff. I will have stuff by then. Of course you will. I know I will. I don't know if we – have we – Told anyone we're doing that? Oh, yeah, we're doing Sydney Fringe. Come to our show. It's called Before Shot 2. This time it's personal. Yeah, and it's literally 55 minutes of us um, yep. doing new material Brand and we're going to be talking together. So if you're a fan of the podcast and yeah. you want to hear uh, our new stuff in our new Sydney. Material. We are both, in fact, comedians, believe it or not. Yeah. I'm also doing a different show at the Fringe, a second show uh, called um, Blank the Musical. I'm doing it with uh, three friends and it is an hour-long improvised musical. That'll be Brilliant. We get the title of the musical from the audience and we make it up entirely on the spot. Fucking we have a pianist, clever. three cast members, guests. Uh, so that's going to be really great. That's so Sydney amazing. Fringe website, if you want to look at that, it's called Blank the Musical. What are our dates? Our dates, um, so ours is at the factory in the, in a, in the workshop. At, mm. It's 6.50. Good time. Uh, Wednesday to Saturday. Wednesday's 27th of September to Saturday, the whatever, 31st. Mm. Or 30th, I don't know. Mm. And then on the Sunday, it's at 5.50. So it's nice and early. Come along. It's Sydney Fringe, uh, Chris Ryan, Sarah Gore, mm. Before Shot 2. I reckon if we're both, uh, if we need to, we can just do 20 minutes of joint material. Just <laughs> yeah. Stand there together. Yeah. Just talking. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> so it's what the punters want, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll end up doing three minutes of material. I know. Each. And the punters will just be looking at us with, and we can hear crickets. Yeah. But also the good thing about advertising something as a um, – oh, like, someone I was talking to the other day was just like, oh, I never advertise anything as new material because then you set yourself up like – you, you, yeah. you said excellent, but I'm just like, I want to do that. I want people to know Yeah, I want new. people to have very low expectations. Yeah. Love I want the, that. I want the expectations to be on the ocean floor. Yes. In the Mariana Trench. Yeah. All right, with that. <laughs> <laughs> with that, we bid you adieu. Have a wonderful week. Have a powerful week. Thank you week. for listening. Please yep. email us, message us. Send us your pants your moments. We haven't had one of them for a bit. Yeah. For a hot minute. Do people are just having pants moments and not – I think I think you're having them and not telling us, and mm. to be honest, that hurts. Yeah, it does. All right. I take that very personally. <laughs> Have right. a great week. Okay, bye. 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 Thanks for listening. This episode was mastered by Tim Duck at Verse Productions. Music by Yosef K and artwork by Century Comedy. Our podcast is hosted on Acast. Articles are sourced online through Trove at the National Library of Australia. Sources are listed in the episode notes. Send your pants moments, article suggestions or miscellaneous thoughts to chrisandsarahwearthepants at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at chrisandsarahwearthepants or on our own accounts at Christine Ryan Comedy or... Empire of Gaul, G-A-U-L. Thanks.